0: coming up this week on ride the lightning the tesla motors unofficial podcast tesla announces its second quarter results elon musk hints at big plans for model y bmw goes on the offensive against model 3 and more What's happening, friends? It's another busy week of Tesla news. That's Again, I, I picked the right car company to start a podcast about because it is a, never a dull moment in Tesla land. Welcome to Ride the Lighting, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode 53 for August 7th, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Uh, starting off the week with some fun little news. Elon Musk tweeted at me again, re- uh, replied to one of my tweets, I'm, I'm on fire all of a sudden. That's two in the last couple weeks. Uh, there was a conversation going on about naming the Tesla minibus. Somebody suggested a name and I replied uh, saying, well, what about Model B for bus? And Elon actually replied to me. I was very surprised. I actually didn't see it right away. I saw uh, other people were tweeting at me saying, oh, that's two. And I'm like, what are they talking? Oh, <laughs> it was nice to see. Elon Musk replied to me, he said, he said to me, I think we should be inconsistent in our naming conventions after model Y. So it seems that he is very much going to spell out sexy on purpose, S3XY. And then after that, all bets are off and they might just keep sexy and then have other names like, you know, who knows, maybe you know Tesla minibus, whatever it's actually going to be called. But uh, I thought, I thought that was, that was a a fun little, it's always, it's, I can say, it's like, oh, it's always fun when Elon tweets at you. No, it was, it was a, it's a thrill when, whenever a guy, you know, who, who I admire like that, who has something like 4 million, more than that now, four something million followers actually, actually uh, addresses me. It's pretty cool. Speaking of pretty cool, I'm seeing more and more Model X's on the road here in and around San Francisco. I feel like it's almost getting up to one a day now for me. Uh, though I have to say, weirdly, a disproportionately large number of them are white. White Model Xs. I don't know if that's ju- if that's actually the most popular color, or if it's just a small sample size coincidence or what. But I would say definitely the most uh, most of them I've seen have been white. The uh, white with the gray, the the rather the Onyx black turbines has been a, a very popular configuration that I've seen. I'm also seeing a good number of titaniums which is my my personal least favorite color but clearly a number of people disagree with me and then uh, I would say after that the gray particularly the uh, the gray with the, with the onyx black wheels to get that kind of stealth stealth bomber look to it that's been uh, that's been popular I'll say the the configuration that I would get uh if if I had been so lucky to win the ludicrous Model X from Joe Willett's referral in the, in the last round of the referral program, I would order a multi-coat red Model X, which actually I have yet to see in person. I've only seen in pictures, but I would order a multi-coat red X with those black, uh, onyx black 22 inch turbines with a six seat white interior. But, uh, I'll just have to, I'll, I'll just have to keep going on tesla.com and configuring it in the design studio and staring at it from, from there. That's, that's, that's the closest I get to look. But um, So yeah, it's good to see more and more X's in and around uh, my daily life here in the San Francisco area. An interesting thing bubbled up this week as well. I mentioned a few weeks ago in response to a, a Ride the Lightning hotline phone call about Forza Horizon 3, the upcoming entry in the outstanding racing series that's on the Xbox one and now also the PC. Well, I'd, uh, I'd mentioned that just that week they'd started announcing the car roster for the game. The game's out in September and on the list was a 2015 Tesla P85D. And I thought, Oh, that's unfortunate. And I gave a whole rap about the, how they must've had to wrap, You know, they, they have to, sort of lock all that stuff down way in, ahead, uh, in advance, way ahead of time. Well, they're up to week three of the of the reveals. They're just, you know, doling them out in, in bits and pieces. And uh, this week, the f- I took another look at the full list, as I do each and every week, to see what, what cars are in there, what, which ones I like and which ones I'm familiar with. And I got down to the Tesla entry, and it now says 2016, tesla p90d so that's good news it looks like we will finally get a taste of ludicrous mode in a video game for those of us who either don't have ludicrous enabled teslas or or don't have teslas at all but uh it's i i have i have yet to drive a ludicrous tesla of any sort s or x i've driven insane as i've said on the show before so i'm curious how the game will represent ludicrous mode. In fact, this gives me a good idea. I should pitch, and in fact, Tesla would do this. <laughs> they would actually do it. I'm now thinking out loud. Hopefully, none of my competitors are listening and will steal this idea. I should drop Tesla a line since I do have a bit of a relationship uh, with them from from working with them in the past. I should do a video for IGN comparing real-life ludicrous mode to the in-game ludicrous mode. In fact, this is this is one hundred percent happening. I'm recording the show on Friday night this week. When I get back to the office on Monday morning, I am a hundred percent emailing Tesla to see about making this happen. A weirdly, fun fact about me: I actually did a similar video for uh, uh, to this years ago with Forza Motorsport Four in 2011. It was actually the the first time I think I actually did anything with tesla proper i was still at official xbox magazine and forza 4 was coming out which was you know huge deal at the time for xbox and the roadster was in was in the game and uh i emailed tesla who of course back then you know this was pre-model s so you know they were a very very small company and they were local and said, hey, I, I'd love to do a video, you know, for for official Xbox magazine for our disc and for our... We had a little section on the Xbox dashboard at the time. So anybody with an Xbox could see it. And it's like, oh, I'd love to do a video comparing the real-life Roadster to the Roadster in Forza. To sort of compare, you know, measure the realism of the game. Which, is the, that's the whole thing with Forza is it's sold on its realism. And, te, like, no, Tesla just not even shy. They're like, sure, come on down. And I get there, you know, and I'm, they barely, they don't even know me at that point. And they're, they just hand me the keys to a $150,000 Roadster Sport. I was like, well, I like these guys. (laughs) These guys, this company's great. Uh, so yeah, I think, uh, I think that could be a fun little video feature that would be relevant to both my IGN audience and my Ride the Lightning audience. So I'm going to go to work on that. Uh, so that was that was an interesting update. It, it's you don't see that very often that that they. I wonder if the original, yeah. Uh, you know, why the change there? If that was just an error in the listing, but more likely they yeah maybe they updated the car mid-development and they originally published an old version of their of their car list. But nevertheless, good news that it looks like we'll get ludicrous mode in Forza Horizon Three, which by all indications is going to be an absolutely incredible racing game uh, it is very approachable i've ta- i've given you the rap on forza specifically forza horizon four uh, it's a it's a, been a great series so far and three is set down in australia and it looks really good so anyway next up from something super cheerful to something that's funny in a in a whole different way so this was just sent to me uh just a, very shortly before i recorded great timing i want to thank matt schroeder a uh, loyal listener who sent me links to these two YouTube videos. They just went up today. In fact, on one of them, I was able to leave the first comment. That's how fresh these things are. It's odd. I find it a little odd that, that they were dumped onto YouTube on Friday night, which is, you know, not when people are going to be looking for YouTube videos. But get this, BMW has started launching attack ads directly targeting tesla and specifically the model three so th- and there's not one but two of them there are two <laughs> couldn't stop at one there are two i mean maybe i'm sensationalizing it by calling them attack ads but they are i mean they're they're directly targeting tesla so take a listen to these i mean the visual isn't necessarily anything special um the first clip that I'm gonna play you is called, the commercial is called Waiting. And it's a guy sitting looking really super bored on his front steps in front of his house with nothing in the driveway. And he's looking across the street at his his neighbors across the street that have a brand new red BMW plug-in hybrid three series. So here's the first one called Waiting. So I'll play you that now.
1: You will do your taxes twice. Maybe more. You will ring in the new year. Twice. Maybe more. You will wait, and wait, and wait some more. All before that electric car company's new model ever even arrives. But the all-new mpge performance-driven BMW 330e is here, now, reinventing
0: what a plug-in hybrid is like only BMW can. It's the car you've been waiting for without the wait. So that, I, I thought that was pretty funny. They did not shy away from it. They're like, while you wait for that car from that electric car company, you'll be paying your taxes twice and maybe once, maybe twice. <laughs> I, I got a kick out of it more than anything. I, I, I'm not the least bit upset by it or I just thought it was funny. It just means that Tesla is getting under BMW's skin. So here's the second one called wait or drive. Very similar premise, uh, it's, you know, another announcer, but at this time, it's a woman on the roof of a parking garage walking towards her BMW 3 Series plug-in hybrid, and she walks by two. Uh, what are very obviously superchargers. You know, they're red and white and they have the same shape. They just don't say Tesla on them. And they're like, there's nobody there and it's dark. And she kind of looks at them with this sort of look of disgust and she, she pauses for a moment as she walks towards her BMW, which is of course under a, under a bright light. So uh, take a listen to Wait or Drive. You
1: can pay a deposit and wait. You can put your name on a list and Wait. You can get in line and wait. You can wait or you can drive. The all new 72 MPGe performance driven BMW 330 E is available now. Reinventing what a plug in hybrid is like only BMW can.
0: It's the car you've been waiting for without the weight. So again, I just thought, I thought those were hilarious. Quite, (laughs) quite honestly, it's uh. You know that you've, if you're Tesla, you've done something right. If you've got, you, you, your car is not even out for at a year and change at least, and your competitors are already already trying to hedge you off at the pass by making, you know, anti-Model 3 commercials. So um, I tweeted this at Elon, you know, but you, you never know when he's paying attention to Twitter or not. I, if, if he doesn't see it from me, he's probably got a million other people tweeting him about it. And if not, he'll, uh, if he doesn't see any of that, I'm sure uh, he's, he's getting an email about it from, from someone internally. But uh, th- I got a kick out of that. Those are pretty funny. So uh, thank you again to Matt Schroeder for sending those along. I thought those were great. So let's move on. Let's have a little more fun. Last week, I talked about, you know, we talked Gigafactory. We heard some of Elon and JB's remarks from their little presentation at the Gigafactory grand opening. Well, uh, as I mentioned, our friend Joe Willett, who had kindly offered up his referral code for me to use on the show. You guys were so nice, or at least, you know, five of you were super nice and actually bought cars using his code. And thus, you sent him your generosity, your purchase of Tesla's helped send Joe or at least get him the tickets. And then he went ahead and booked his flight. He, he went on out. Uh, he went to the Gigafactory grand opening. Well, I wanted to talk to Joe about it. Plus, uh, he and I have never actually spoken. We've only traded emails. So here's a little interview that I recorded just a little while ago over Skype with Joe about his experience at the gigafactory i hope the sound quality is decent here this was again over skype and it was you know the it's just a mp3 recorder plug-in program so hopefully this will sound all right but uh enjoy let's chat a little bit with joe willett a tesla owner who got to go to the gigafactory grand opening I am thrilled to be joined by Joe Willett. You've heard his name on the podcast before. That is because he is a very kind human being who offered to use his referral code uh, for the podcast, and if he won the Model X, he was going to send it my way. So, Joe, it's nice to actually speak with you for real. This is the first time you and I have talked.
1: That's true. Yes, yeah. hello. Uh,
0: so, you, as part of uh, the referral program, the our, our kind audience here, Got you a bunch. Got you your, your max five referrals, which included tickets to the Gigafactory opening last week, and you went. So, nice. uh, I, I'm going to assume that was your first time in Reno, Nevada.
1: It was my first time, yes, and it was 101 degrees when I got there.
0: <laughs> That's actually not bad, all things considered. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got some family in Vegas, and I know it can get it can get even higher than that. But so, just what what did you think of the event overall? Overall, I was
1: very impressed. I
0: kept telling
1: my friend who I went with, "I can't believe we're here. Like, how <laughs> is it that we're here?" It was it was really um, overwhelming in a good way. You know, it was just it was Tesla people everywhere, and everything was nice. Like, you know, yeah. Tesla does a good party. Elon Musk apparently got good at throwing parties. Back in college, <laughs> and and now he's got people working for him doing the same thing. So yeah, it was it was really impressive and a lot of fun.
0: So walk me through your day. You're on your way over there. You fly in, and then uh, you were saying you're saying to me earlier that you get on the bus, the shuttle bus to take you from town from Reno over to Sparks, and uh, the the president of Tesla, John McNeil, was on the bus.
1: Yeah, uh, he was. He jumped on the bus. That we took from the tent, the the gigantic party tent, to the factory okay. entrance. So they had a short shuttle bus. I wouldn't even really call it a shuttle. But they did have a short shuttle that went just like within their property. And he jumped on board there before um, before it started moving and and just sort of wanted to greet everybody, which was really cool. I was sitting in the front row and shook his hand and was kind of like, wow, again, how is this happening? This is so cool. <laughs> what would you say to him? I think I just – oh, I, no, actually, I was going to say I don't remember, but I do. I said, uh, I hope you're as proud of Tesla as we all are, and everyone on the bus was like, yeah.
0: <laughs> That's – I mean, yeah, I. I it's – I'm, I'm going to assume – was this your first Tesla event? It was, Yeah. Yeah, because I, you know, I've I've been lucky. I've been to two now, and and I kind of had the same thing, like, of wow, this is a, this is a pretty good party. And and I every Tesla employee I ran into, I, I was just overwhelmed. I was just moved to tell them thank you, like thank you for doing what you do, and building this. And I, I have to imagine, I mean, was it just sort of surreal seeing this already giant building in the middle of the desert, in the middle of nothing? It- it
1: really was. Uh, I work in the automotive industry, and I'm, I'm kind of accustomed to being around big buildings and manufacturing. Uh, this place is really big, and it's hard to believe that it's one-seventh complete. Uh, it's so big that the, the tent where the music and the drinks and everything were – was at one end of the building, and the entrance was at the other end more or less, and it's so big that they were putting people on buses and taking <laughs> them to the other end of the building to start the tour. That's a pretty big building, especially when it's you know really in its uh, infancy
0: so you got to go on a a tour of the gigafactory as it is now. What did you think of the tour what what did you see and and what was your impression? It was uh,
1: very well organized that was that's the thing that stood out to me. Uh, everything the whole night was really well organized I thought but the the tour was kind of cool because it started out with with us on the bus and the person uh, the tour guide on the bus explaining you know look over to the left and right and you can see actual construction like pouring concrete and steel being like put in the ground for footings they were actively doing that while we were there in the evening <laughs> on a Friday night. Wow. And then, so it starts with that. And then we go into the building and it's kind of big and open and empty and it smells like paint and it, there's not much there. But as the, the tour progressed for maybe 45 minutes, uh, we got to see more and more until the end where there was actual people everywhere and machines and robots and, and it was bustling. We, we actually saw a bunch of people trying to ignore all the tourists while they were eating their lunch um and yeah it was it was really something to see a lot of the the actual uh the information being given to us on the tour was over everybody's heads and we're all trying to pretend that we understand how (laughs) cathodes and electrolytes work together and stuff but it was uh it was definitely cool
0: now as a Uh, tesla owner have you had a chance have you been to the fremont factory to tour that
1: I have not. No, I live in Michigan and I bought my car through the CPO program. So I bought it used uh, about seven months ago. And I have not been out to Fremont, but I would love
0: to. Oh, you should. I wish I'd have known that. You should. We could have had you swing over here on your way, you know, take the long way home from from hmm. Reno to Michigan. And uh, you stop here and it would have been fun to, to meet up and do that. You have to next time. Next time. <laughs> next time. That's right. Uh, so. I know there were – I saw lots of pictures online. They had the sort of rolling mule, the non-functioning Model 3 mule parked out – or sat out front. Uh, yeah. Did you, did you get a good look at it?
1: I did. It wasn't outside. It was sitting uh, in a I'm not sure what you'd call it. It was sort of like a lobby, I guess, in okay. part of the factory that was set up not to look like a factory. Yeah. Um, And you wouldn't know that it was just the rolling mule by everyone's excitement. Like everyone wanted to touch it, and there were the thing got its picture taken about ten thousand times an hour. Yeah, it was uh, it was still very exciting, even though it was pretty clear that it wasn't real. And my friend said, "Hey, look, there's no backup camera," and I was like, "Oh yeah, (laughs) there's not. There's probably a lot of things missing." (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: So, because yeah, I'm going to again assume that that was since that's your first Tesla event, that's probably your first time seeing. Model 3 uh, in person in any shape, way, shape, or form. It is.
1: Uh, my, For what it's worth, my impression seeing it for the first time in person is that it's not a small car. I keep yeah. thinking that it's a small, you know, it's a little mini Model S, I guess, kind of, sort of it is, but it's not a small car. I used to drive a Prius. I still have my Prius, and that I don't even think of as that small of a car, but it's way, way bigger than a Prius.
0: Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's, uh, you know, road and tra- or, uh, rather motor trend when they did that big gigafactory in the cover story that, you know, they were estimating that it's about 90 percent the size of the S. So it's going to be a good size car by all accounts. Yeah. So, uh, Joe, as a Tesla owner for seven months, for those of us who have Model 3s reserved and don't have Teslas yet, we're, we're again, as I like to say, those. Those excited kids with their faces pressed up against the glass looking <laughs> yeah, inside. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Uh, what, what can you, as a Tesla owner, tell us about what we can expect about the experience and, and living with a Tesla every day once we finally get them in our garage?
1: It's That's a very hard question to answer quickly, but I can say that in a way, it sort of just becomes your car, which is a huge letdown. You know, that that's a terrible answer. But in a way, it does just become your car. You end up um, not getting quite so concerned about, you know, getting crumbs in the car and stuff like that. which seems totally outrageous when you first get it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But that never quite has happened because I still feel like like I have a long commute. I drive two hours a day round trip. And so you're saving
0: tons of money then on fuel alone.
1: Yeah, even on the Prius. Yeah, even compared to a Prius. Oh. Um, but my commute is like a highlight of the day. <laughs> so I get <laughs> up in the morning and I'm like, I get to drive the car. And that's after having done it now, you know, hundreds of times. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not having your, your face pressed against the glass. Um, <laughs> I would say it's not always going to be that way. <laughs> it's one of these days it's going to be real and it's very cool when it is.
0: Well, maybe maybe that speaks to the car that you almost just take it for granted, you know, that it's that it's so, you know, it's good enough where you just get used to it. And then that's your new normal.
1: Yeah, it doesn't feel normal. I have to say (laughs) I mean, it's not normal to get out of the car to grocery store and have people like stare and walk and almost bump their carts into other cars because they're looking at yours. Um, So, yeah, that that is a constant reminder that it's really not. It's not a normal car, and here in Michigan, it's pretty uncommon. I, I see maybe one a day in my on my long commute, but they're pretty uncommon.
0: Well, that was kind of my last question for you. Was just being a Tesla owner in Michigan. I've of course talked on the show a lot about uh, you know Michigan being a a difficult state for Tesla. You know, they still it's still not legal to buy one there. Uh, I take it you did it through the website, I presume. Yeah. Uh, when you bought yours, and you know, ha- have you encountered any sort of uh, hardcore old-school Detroit guy resistance you know do you have any like haters coming up to you and, and talking talking trash about your Tesla no I wouldn't say
1: haters talking trash but I do kind of get to the point where I have to try not to roll my eyes like I've had <laughs> uh, family members uh, one in particular who worked for Ford for a long time uh, said something to me about the car when I first got it and I said well it's it's American it's about a not my old toyota he goes well it's kind of american it's it's (laughs) it's made in america by americans with mostly american
0: other than the batteries coming from japan and even that's going to be turning american very soon
1: but you know it was made in that foreign country called california right that's true
0: uh, well, Joe, I'm gonna let you go, but I, it was great to get the Gigafactory tour impressions from you. I'm so glad that I just want to say thank you to the audience for for buying Teslas with your code to send you there. I'm so glad you got to go. That's just awesome that you got to go. And and really, from the bottom of my heart, just thank you for for offering your code up and give you know giving me a chance to win that X and and make my Tesla dream come true because you offering me that chance is is infinitely more of a chance than I have of owning a Tesla as of today. So just thank you for that.
1: And and really, honestly, thank you. Um, Going to that event was something that I would not have been able to do on my own. And you're giving me all the credit, but you're the one putting this podcast together. And uh, it was it was really an excellent experience. I mean, really, it was way up there, like very, very exciting. Hard to explain how, how much fun it was. So thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's next step. We got to get you out here to the Bay Area. We'll get you a tour of the Tesla factory, which means uh, you'd be in my neck of the woods, and we could get together, have have some lunch, and and talk a little Tesla.
1: That sounds like a good day.
0: All right, Joe. Thank you so much, and uh, let's talk again.
1: Excellent. Thank you.
0: It was great to talk to Joe. We ended up talking a little bit after that recording for a little while. Just a a great guy. Just a a nice guy. There are not enough of those in the world, although there are a lot of them in the Tesla community, from my experience. And that's why I love just trying to contribute to that community in my own small way with this podcast. Uh, Let's get to the news now. The rest of the news, there are a number of things to chat about. First up is an update on the Solar City deal. It is indeed moving forward, pending shareholder approval. Uh, Tesla posted a blog about the, uh, the progression of this, saying, quote, we expect to achieve cost synergies of $150 million in the first full year after closing, which, by the way, they expect to happen in the fourth quarter of this year. Continuing, we also expect to save customers money by lowering hardware costs, reducing installation costs, improving our manufacturing efficiency, and reducing our customer acquisition costs. We will also be able to leverage Tesla's 190 store retail network and international presence to extend our combined reach. So uh, the next hurdle has been cleared. This is not done yet. There are a few more steps to go. Most notably, again, that shareholder approval from both Tesla and Solar City shareholders, but it's inching closer. It is inching closer to being done so. I guess we'll be hearing about that in probably about the next three to four months. Next up, Tesla's second quarter results. There was the shareholder letter and the uh, conference call about that. I've got a few clips from Elon on that conference call coming up here in just a minute. So overall, Tesla missed their expectations on earnings but beat their expectations on revenue. The end result was a very small bump in the stock price that day. I was taking a look at it. It was up uh, about four, maybe five dollars tops. They reaffirmed that they will they're on track to deliver 50,000 cars in the second half of the year and looking to come in on the low end of their 80 uh, something thousand. About 83 or so, I think it was, thousand uh, cars delivered for the year 2016, fiscal year, which is also calendar year for Tesla. Uh, They mentioned that they will be opening a new retail location on the average of once every four days throughout the rest of the year. So that's big, and that's both U.S. and international. So uh, if you do not currently have a Tesla store near you, you may be getting one in the next several months. So some good news there. Uh, They noted that they exited the uh, second quarter while in consistently producing 2,000 cars per week, which remember in the last, uh, the Q1 results, that was the plan was to to be at 2,000 per week in the second quarter, 2,200 per week in the third quarter, and 2,400 per week by the fourth quarter. So they're on track for that right now. That's good news. Now, Model Y, uh, this is uh, very interesting, more or less out of nowhere, which of course happens with Elon Musk. It was brought up and Elon says that Tesla expects to sell between 500,000 and a million Model Ys per year once that's ramped up. Just the Model Y, just the compact SUV, which Elon does continue to Refer to as Model Y, keeping that sexy intact. Uh, so here's Elon speaking about Model Y. Yeah, and I, should, I say.
2: Well, I mean, also to be clear, like the priority vehicle development after the uh, Model Three would be the uh, Model Y, I guess, <laughs> the compact SUV, because that that's also a car that um, where we expect to see demand in the five hundred thousand. To a million unit per year level, um, so it's it's the obvious priority after the after the Model Three.
0: Well, every every call with Elon almost always results in something interesting uh, th- to come out of it, and this one was no different. Not only that Model Y little uh, little nugget there, but Elon addressed the minibus and the semi he was asked on the call uh, by an analyst about when those cars, when those vehicles, I should say, were going to get unveiled. So here is Elon speaking to that, answering that question.
2: Um, I think we want to postpone anything that's uh, a heavy capital um, impact until after the Model 3 production is ramped. Um, We don't want to stack uh, Model 3 CapEx um, on top of other program CapEx. So... Um, but there's a lot we can do because the development of a vehicle, there's a long, there's a long sort of tail at the beginning of a development of a vehicle, um, which, which involves a lot of time but doesn't a lot of, involve a lot of a lot of cost. Um, and suddenly, when you begin tooling up for production, that the cost really ramps dramatically. So there's a lot we can do um, before that. Before we have to look, dive into uh, ramp capex, um, and we, we won't do that for any products until after Model Three is in, in high production. Um, yeah, but I, I think there's going to be some pretty exciting unveils for the Tesla Semi and the Tesla Mini or Bus. Or we haven't actually don't actually have a name for it yet. Uh, that's just off of the Model X platform. Um, So it doesn't involve a lot of CapEx, actually. Um, But we we expect to probably unveil those, I think, for the middle of next year, maybe in the next, you know, six to nine months type of thing. Um, And then have a better, you know, a more fleshed out plan for when those would would enter production. Um, But it's not, they would enter production within, like, low single-digit years, not like. I mean, I consider, like, anything past five years is infinity.
0: <laughs> and here's here's the clip, I think, that will give us Model 3 reservation holders the most to chew on and the most to just get our our mouths frothing. We'll be <laughs> just like, oh my gosh. So Elon, at least, I'm, of course, not on purpose driving the hype machine. He's just, Elon's being Elon, but uh, Elon's talking about how the their advancements in the autonomous driving pro, uh, process what they've got going on now is going to quote blow people's minds here it is in elon's own words um i mean i'll say is is that full autonomy is going to come a hell of a faster than
2: anyone thinks it will and um i think what, what we've got um underdevelopment is gonna blow people's minds. Blows my mind. Thank so, you. So, yeah. Thank you for, nice for, for the
0: questions. I appreciate it. <laughs> so th- yeah, that's <laughs> that you he can't that's gonna do nothing but get get everybody's hype up. I mean but that it's awesome. I mean that's cool to hear. I mean and if he's you know, he's not a guy who goes around hyping things. Like, he, he's not a guy who goes around exaggerating. I'll put it that way. He's not an exaggerator. He's not someone who, who, he's not the boy who cried wolf with Elon Musk. You know, when he talks about something, he's usually being pretty genuine about it and not exaggerating it. So if he's talking about that it's blowing his mind, that's pretty cool for the rest of us to think about. And again, I, I've said this a bunch before. It's hardly an original thought. Uh, many others share the the same sentiment, but I very much believe that at Model 3's Part 2 reveal, whenever that's going to be, I very much think we're going to see some sort of demonstration of self-driving capability. You know, whether the car drives... I mean, the car driving itself on stage... Wouldn't actually be that. I hate to say it. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't be that impressive? Ooh, a card. Dr- <laughs> of course, it's awesome. But summon kind of does that now. So I wonder if they'll maybe have it. Because I'm assuming part two of the reveal will be in Fremont at the factory. That's generally how it's gone. Is the unveil happens at the design studio in Hawthorne, and the actual sort of proper unveiling slash law and or launch happens in Fremont. I certainly hope it happens in Fremont because I live near here near the factory and it would make it a lot easier for me to go. If I'm able to finagle my way into a a media uh, pass or, or an invite somehow. But uh, yeah, I, so I wonder if they'll take it, if they'll like take it out to the test track uh, while Elon's on stage and they'll, you know, put a bunch of cameras in the car Showing you that it's going around the track with you know with no driver, so we'll see. I do think it's going to factor in, but man, that's going to be that's going to be that is going to be so much fun. What's cool about the Model 3 Part 2 reveal is not only is it going to be exciting to me as a Tesla enthusiast and someone who now covers Tesla on a regular basis via this podcast, but it'll be the first Tesla event. Some of you have already gotten to experience this this will be the, this, if I can, again, if I can finagle my way in, the Model 3 Part 2 event would be my first chance to go to a Tesla event where it's actually a product that I'm, that I'm going to have, that I, that I'm getting, that I, you know, I mean, there was the Model 3 event, which I did get to go to, but, you know, I put my reservation down, but this would be like, oh, I'm waiting for delivery, show me my car, Elon <laughs> show me what, what the final version of what I'm going to get is going to look like, so that's, that's going to be really exciting if I'm able to if I'm able to get to that. So, anyway, uh, those are the updates from the second quarter results from Tesla. We'll move on to quarter three results here in three more months. And one other news story this week comes out of Electrek, the fine folks there that do a bunch of great work. Fred Lambert, among others, I see his name on the on the bylines quite often. They have Electrek has pieced together uh, some nuggets and found that Tesla has apparently ordered enough parts to build a fleet of up to 300 Model 3 prototypes. Now, as Electrek themselves points out, this doesn't necessarily mean that's exactly how many they're going to build because they might use some of the parts for testing specific systems in isolation, for instance, but it seems like Tesla is ready to move forward with the model 3 there are, you know seemingly no major setbacks or anything else to that effect because remember it is it's we've had pencils down on model 3 the design is done so it does make perfect sense that they'd now start working on building the thing and testing it which of course will that's no longer going to rather no doubt that's going to be a a long and and probably somewhat arduous process with Tons of tweaks and little changes made along the way to improve the car. Elon has said as has much himself about that. In fact, I got to say, Elon strikes me as a little Steve Jobsian, at least in the sense that he's got it. I feel like he's always pushing for more. For instance, if the engineers come back with a, with a, a Model 3 that they've been working on and they go, and maybe it's. It, let's just say, for example, it's the ludicrous team. They're they're part of the, you know, the, uh, the inverter slash motor team. I don't even know if that's a real team, but or if it's just like the PEM team. But I, let's say that the team working on the ludicrous mode for the car, because we know it has ludicrous mode, comes comes to Elon and says, uh, Elon, we've got we've got it to 3.5 seconds. We busted ourselves we broke ourselves we're feeling really good about 3.5 that's pretty pretty killer and I imagine Elon being the kind of guy who would say great let me know when you've got it down to 3.2 and then he walks away and then the engineers don't sleep for a week while they try to figure out how to get three more tenths of a second off of the zero to 60 time I I I don't I'm purely guessing. I don't know Elon Musk. I don't know if he's quite that way, but I feel like he is probably the guy, a kind of the kind of leader that is that way who who does demand a lot but also inspires his people. So, uh Model 3 is moving along. This is great news. Hopefully we'll start to see particularly here in the Bay Area, maybe we'll start to see a few more prototypes running around every now and again. All right, deep breath. That's it for this week's news. Hope you enjoyed the chat with Joe Willett. I sure did. Uh, and it was good to work those. It's always good to hear from Elon himself. I hope, I hope those phone, those conference call sound clips are of good enough quality where you're not like straining your ear uh, to your speaker or headphone to try and hear them. But it's because it's, it's all I've got. It's the official Tesla conference call recording. But that'll do it for the news this week. Coming back, we've got, let's see, one, two, three, four excellent phone calls all queued up in the Ride the Lightning hotline for you right after this. Time once again to tee up your phone calls in the Ride the Lightning hotline. Of course, if you've got a question, comment, or discussion topic for the podcast, You can call in and leave a message anytime you want, day or night, 24-7 on the Ride the Lightning hotline. It's a toll-free call or Skype to 1-888-989-8752. That's 1-888-989-TESLA, T-S-L-A. And if you know someone special with an upcoming birthday, anniversary, graduation, or some other special occasion, you can give them a unique gift of recorded voices from friends and family telling them why they're special. The recordings can be podcasted or put onto a keepsake. Please visit lifeonrecord.com to learn more. Now, the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode number two, the second one, the one for August, is going to be up, if not now as you hear this, it'll be up any moment now. I'm just finishing it up. So uh, look for that. A number of you are in that. Also, Norman from Carlsbad and Thomas from Southern California, look for your calls in the Patreon-exclusive bonus episode number three in September. You just missed the cutoff for this month. I I loved your calls, didn't quite have room for them in the show today. So they're going to go into the Patreon bonus episode uh, for those those, uh, Patreon subscribers, Patreon pledgers uh, for September. So keep an eye out for that. Let's start off now. Let's go to Alonzo from Greenbelt, Maryland who wants some help petitioning, pardon me, petitioning his town to get more destination chargers installed, which is, uh, which is an awesome thing for him to take up. So Alonzo, let's hear from you.
3: Hey, Ryan, this is Alonzo from Greenbelt, Maryland again, calling back from last week. Uh, my comment is on destination chargers and how to get those installed in your area. I read the Tesla website and it says that you have to have a business and fill out a form and then they'll contact you. So I've been talking with my mayor of Greenbelt, Maryland to try to get a, a bunch of them installed to promote business, uh, promote Tesla owners coming to our area, and also help me out when I get my Model 3, since it seems to be about 150 miles from the next destination charger um, roundabouts for that. So um, any help, any links to, to more information on how to get these chargers installed would be really helpful. I've got a meeting with him next week. So, um, looking forward to hearing from me, love the show. Talk to you later. Bye. Well, Alonzo, I
0: think I can help you a little bit. I was uh, crawling around the Tesla website because I remembered that there's some sort of destination charger program where a business can sign up to get a potentially a free destination charger installed. So I don't, I know that's not exactly, you know, you're kind of trying to do a grassroots thing here, but I think you should start here. You can contact Tesla Go to tesla.com slash destination-charging. So destination-charging on the Tesla site. Check that out, and hopefully you can be successful in in hooking up Greenbelt, Maryland with some destination chargers. I think that's really awesome of you to to take that upon yourself and, and try and spread the good word. Let's go now to Kim from Orlando who uh, wonders about the possibility, you know, we were talking last week about will there be a next Tesla Roadster? Well, Kim's got an idea for another Tesla vehicle. Let's go to Kim.
3: Hi, Ryan. This is uh, Kim from Orlando, Florida. And uh, first off, I want to say congratulations uh, for doing a full year. Uh, I've been following you on Unlocked and love what you did there and have been listening to ride the lightning uh, this entire time from episode one. Uh, Anyway, I was taking a road trip from Miami to Orlando and was uh, able to catch up uh, on your last few episodes um, and thought it was really interesting in the last episode when uh, uh, you brought up or uh, Elon brought up the idea of doing the next roadster. And I was just thinking on the other spectrum, you know how the roadster is very cost prohibitive to most people why not do something like a electric bicycle? Um, When I was staying in Miami, uh, I lived there for about 10 years, uh, the bicycle movement was really kicking off. And I would love to see something that would uh, really make cycling even sexier, a Tesla e-bike, maybe utilizing uh, discarded uh, batteries or what have you, kind of similar to the idea of the the leather uh, iPhone cases from – you know, the cars and whatnot. Anyway, I'd love to hear uh, your opinion and I would love to own a uh, Tesla bicycle, Uh, maybe a Model B or a Model C for cycle or something like that. Anyway, I love the podcast, love your show and uh, keep it up. Thanks.
0: Well, Kim, first of all, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. It it is awesome that it's been a year. It's, uh, man, I know it's it's even, it feels like it was yesterday, but also does feel like it was a year ago because it's like, I can't even remember episode one or two or three, but anyway, uh, let's get to your your comment, your question, your call here. So my guess is that a Tesla bike will not happen for the following reason. I don't think it fits the mission statement of the company, which I know I talk a lot about on this podcast, seemingly almost every week. Replacing a CO2-producing car does a lot more for accelerating the advent of sustainable transport and energy than replacing a bike with an electric bike, because a bike, of course, is already a zero emissions vehicle. That's not to say your idea is bad. It's obviously not. Tesla could make an awesome bike that's probably stronger and somehow safer and have wicked range for whether, you know, assisted or unassisted pedal travel. But I, I don't, I have to imagine, I think Elon's got his sights just set higher. And that's not to, again, that's not to disparage your idea. I think he really is just seeing the problem from, from uh, the top and that like, okay, we got to get these cars off the road, these, you know, gas burning, oil burning cars off the road. So um would love to see a Tesla bike though. That would be pretty sweet. Next up, our old friend Lawton from Chicago. Always love hearing from Lawton. He's always so prepared and thoughtful. Uh, this week, Lawton calls in with some comments on the Tesla minibus, which is such a fascinating, unexpected project. So Lawton, I'm going to turn it over to you, my friend.
4: Hi, Ryan. It's Lawton from Chicago. Wanted to comment on the potential of the Tesla minibus I like the nickname Model V for Versatile. Out of all the future vehicle announcements, I feel that it has the most potential to revolutionize transportation. Like a Mercedes Sprinter, depending on the interior setup, it could serve as a minibus, cargo van, or family minivan. Basing on the Model X chassis is a smart move, building on a ready-strong platform and saving development costs. The length and wheelbase of the Model X are comparable to that minivan which already has three rows of seats. With a space safe not having a turbo combustion engine, a Model V with four rows of seats with three to four people per row could sit 12 to 16 people in the Model V with two sets of Falcon wind doors, one set in the front and on the back, will eliminate the need for center aisle, allow quick entry and egress, while at the same time, decrease loss of interior heating and cooling when opening the doors. Mini buses are an effective form of transportation, nimble enough to navigate narrow, congested city streets. Urban settings are perfect for electric vehicles, where acceleration from 0 to 30 is most important, with plenty of opportunity to regenerate energy from braking. Mile V with a single row of seats will be the ultimate cargo van. Equipping it with three rows of seats would make it the perfect family vehicle for larger families and road trips. Keep up the great work and look forward to your thoughts.
0: So, I have to say, I'm not so sure that the minibus would have falcon wings just because it'd be ba- it's going to be based on the Model X chassis. Because, in fact, I get the feeling that the minibus would not be a sexy vehicle at all, and that would be by design. It would be designed purely and solely for utility uh, and although not of course, yes, aerodynamics and well if or rather efficiency would be taken into it as well I mean you know Tesla vehicles all have uh, very low drag coefficients relative to the rest of the industry, but I just don't I'm not so sure that a minibus would would have Falcons because uh I think they might even just do sliding van doors for it. I mean, it, what you're suggesting is definitely possible, but it's going to add to the cost and complexity of it. And I'm not sure if that's the way Elon's going to want to go, especially again, if you've got a three row car, well, rather three rows plus the front two seats, we'll see. I mean, it it, it is going to be interesting to see, um, but yeah, again, I, I kind of look at the Mercedes Sprinter, which you mentioned, and that's you know that's not an attractive vehicle. I mean, it's, it is a van. It is meant to, to be a large, you know, a, a, uh, it's meant to transport a large number of people. And I suspect that, that the Tesla minibus will do the same. But it's going to be interesting to see it no matter what it is. And apparently we're going to see it in somewhere around six to nine months, per Elon's comments earlier in the show finally this week an anonymous caller he probably just forgot to identify himself but uh, it's all right he he made himself a good call he reacts to the master plan part two and the gigafactory he's in the trucking industry and uh he has some comments on the tesla semi as well as a potential model three based referral program so mr anonymous i'll take i turn it over to you
5: Hey, Ryan, hopefully you can hear me all right, uh, using a hands-free device while driving. Um, you wanted people to call in regarding or reacting to Master Plan 2 and the Gigafactory Party um, stream event. So just one, two quick things. The first one is uh, I work in the trucking industry, and the Tesla semi-truck sounds really interesting to me. Uh, And I just want to note that I've been to several production plants where they build uh, the semi-trucks you see on the highway. And I just want to note that the opportunities for improving um, and making that process a lot more efficient is tremendous. Um, So in the Gigafactory stream, they talked about you know, the Gigafactory being a product itself and taking a lot of time and effort in designing it correctly, um, there's there's huge potential there. Like, uh, I agree with Elon. Uh, And second comment, uh, not related to my first one, Uh, just interesting, I thought maybe uh, when Model 3 is actually in production, uh, it would be be really cool if they still had the referral programs they have today or maybe it'd be different. So um, I don't know if it'd be $1,000 off, but it'd be cool if they had some sort of referral program for the Model 3, who knows? We might see some sort of little referral bonus. Um, So just something I was thinking about since they keep keep reinstating the Model S and X referral program. Anyway, sorry, uh, long call, but uh, really appreciate the uh, podcast. Thank you, bye.
0: I'll tell you, for the referral program bit that you mentioned, I honestly wouldn't expect to see anything like that associated with Model 3 for a while. For quite a while, in fact. Because Tesla has such a massive backlog of demand to work through before a referral program would even be like a good idea because of that backlog, backlog, let alone before it would be needed or useful. So, Uh, To your point, I mean, it's definitely been, it's clearly been a successful program for them in the the three or four times they've run it so far. So I do agree with you that we'll see it again in some form, but I just don't think there's going to be a a referral program that's tied to Model 3 at all anytime soon. Could be wrong, but with, you know, upwards of 400,000 or 400,000 plus referral, uh, rather, uh, reservations that are waiting to be built for Model 3, uh, there's there's really, it's almost counterproductive to start piling on top of that, even even as Model 3 production starts. You know, they, they're going to they're need to get that ramp up. So we'll see. I think it's going to take some time before we get to a Model 3 referral program. All right. That wraps it up for the Ride the Lightning Hotline this week. Again, drop me a line anytime. 1-888-989-8752. And again, the uh, second Patreon-exclusive bonus episode, which is a whole bunch of uh, more excellent phone calls from you guys, that is going to be on Patreon either now uh, or, if not now, very, very soon because I'm just finishing it up. So uh, look for that on Patreon if you are a backer. And if you're not, please uh, consider jumping in on that. All right, going to come right back. A few more final notes for you before I hit the road right after this. Alright, time to get rolling, but before I do, I kindly remind you, uh, I've had a great response so far. Very much appreciate everybody who's uh, contributed to the Patreon, if you have not done so. Would love it if you'd at least take a look at the page, see what's doing there. Uh, if you listen to the show, you enjoy it, you get something out of it. Would love your support uh, to help uh, help sort of keep it going and help make my Tesla dream come true. The site is patreon.com, that's P-A-T. R E O N, patreon.com slash Tesla podcast. Uh, I've been mentioning the new referral program, uh, and the the uh, new kind soul who has offered up his referral code for us to use is Kevin Rapp. So if you would like $1,000 off of the Tesla you're going to order, either the S or the X, please use the referral code, uh, punch this into your browser, ts.la slash Kevin4901, and Kevin is K-E-V-I-N, so you'll get $1,000 off of your new Tesla, and Kevin will get some prizes, and I will get uh, an entry into that Model X referral that they'll do in October, and so I'll get another shot at making my Tesla dream come true, which would literally make me break down and cry, if that ever, if that actually were to happen, I would... I've, pay, I've pictured it. I would, I would actually weep. I well up thinking about it. Like if I, I can make the moment real enough, <laughs> like if I'm in the shower, I, why am I admitting this? I should just move on. Um, anyway, follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. You can email me teslapodcast at gmail.com. I'm on IGN.com by day. Uh, that is, of course, the world's number one video game site. I've got all kinds of fun stuff going on over there. Uh, Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter is a very convenient, very useful resource that uh, could not really be easier to get. Sign up for free at teslaweekly.com. Gene and the crew at teslarati.com love their coverage of Tesla on a daily basis. They do a great job of staying on top of everything. And of course, abstractocean.com for you Tesla owners. Head over to abstractocean.com for a great selection of Tesla accessories. Again, so many uh, positive reviews I've seen on the forums and in the community for things like their LED lighting kit, their silicone key fob pockets, a lot of good stuff over there. So abstractocean.com. Most of you already subscribe to the show, rather than, I suspect, rather than listen episode by episode, but you can subscribe on just about any platform you prefer, whether it's iTunes Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or there's just the website, teslapodcast.libsyn.com. That's my hosting service. And this, of course, brings me to the Patreon producer. Thanks. We close out. I actually think I forgot to read the names last week, so I apologize for that. I realized after that I just got, I went on this tangent of just thanking everybody for this first incredible year of the show. But I think I actually forgot to read the name. So I'm so sorry about that. I want to thank the Patreon producers. These are the people who donate $20 a month or more to the podcast. And those kind souls are Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergin, George Cassioppo, ZL Klein, Luke Bat, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, and Jonathan Wales. And a reminder that uh, that it's the $10 per month pledge that will get you that bonus episode that I talked about earlier, that fifth episode every month. So again, thanks everybody so much. It's been another fun week of Tesla news and uh, keep it electric, of course. Happy electric motoring and I'll see you next week.